Welcome to Unscripted Gaming. Thank you, Felix. We're not redoing this. My name is Ray. I'm joined by uh, two co-hosts, uh, Josh and what Mike. Up? Please go ahead and say hello, gentlemen. What's up, yo? Hello, this is Mike. Oh, uh, so uh, we're still under quarantine. We are. <clears throat> but Social distance, the... shelter in place. Yes. Uh, I don't mean to get too in deep into this, but I do want to be prudent and acknowledged for the sake of posterity. Uh, a couple of days ago, our president of the United States made, in no uncertain terms, the suggestions of COVID. that we uh, we possibly inject disinfectant into our bodies to combat the coronavirus. No, 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 no. Ray, Ray, Ray. Okay, Ray. All right. Obviously, yeah. obviously, yeah. that was sarcasm. Um, oh yeah. You know, is, yeah. It, is sarcasm dead in this country? Like, come on. Obviously, you know, the president of the United States was using sarcasm when talking about disinfectant, and not obviously not just being an absolute moron who is just processing in front of people because he doesn't pay attention to anything, and you know, just treats everything as a public forum, and not the responsibility not of somebody who is the president of the United States. We are certainly not a political podcast, but we would be remiss to at least not note in podcast form that the leader of the free world did say the words inject and disinfectant to fight a virus. I just Hell wanted yeah, to get brother. that out of... Yo, when so I listen back on this like 20 years from now, I just want to remember until like my my like nieces and nephews like, yeah, that totally happened. I don't know if you guys remember it, but he said those words. Let's go online and go find them. So my question is for the getting the sunlight inside, are we basically just going to like kind of, you know, open up somebody's mouth and shove a UV light tube from a tanning bed basically in their mouth until it comes out the other end and then turn it on, give a little, uh, you know, a couple UV lights and then pull it out and they're good to go. Is that how, is that how that works? So since we're also a tech podcast, I can get into this because this tech actually exists. It's by a bio uh, biotech company called uh, A2. They're under the stock ticker A-Y-T-U. It may be A-2-Y-U. A-T-Y-U. One of those two. Uh, they're a penny stock. Uh, they were almost kicked off the NASDAQ a month ago because they were trading it under a dollar. <laughs> Which, for some of you that uh, have your Robinhood accounts open, that is enough to get you kicked off the NASDAQ. Hello, MoviePass. <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, majority shareholder of Movie Pass here on the podcast. My uh, eleven yeah, shares, yeah, still thank it. you, holding it down. <laughs> It'll bounce back one day. Uh, when Total. when Donald Trump announced the whole UV light thing, or suggested it, or whatever you want to, you know, verbiage you want to use, uh, the company took their website down. They removed all their videos about their heel light technology, H E A L I G H T. And uh, they put it back up with a warning saying that this treatment is not meant to treat COVID-19 and has not been approved by the FDA. So uh, they went into full cover our asthma <laughs> right after Donald Trump. I would also, I think my favorite thing about this was that, like, in the New York Times article about our, our big special boy saying that people should drink bleach, the New York Times was like, some experts disagree. Some. 
which is I, very I, funny. I'm I like, think. Oh, yeah. okay. um, <laughs> all right. Of course. You know, the company that makes all these products is coming out and say, though there was a, there was a, and I don't know if this was actually released by the New England Journal of Medicine, if, if it was actually them or somebody who made just like a meme about it. But basically, there was like a New England Journal of Medicine paper, and it was basically like, we read the bottle and it said not to do this, so we say don't do it. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, but you know what you can drink? Video games. You can drink video games. That gamer, is gamer fuel to be it. gamer fuel to be exact. So, I had, oh, can't soda review. Skirt. Mountain Dew, we're open for sponsorships. I had one of those. Um, it was good. Gamer fuel. Uh, I had one of those the last day I was in the office before uh, I came home and the caught the coronavirus. Um. I have, uh, it, like asbestos, the coronavirus does give you superpowers. Uh, my psychic energy has, has reached levels unseen by man. So did did I, did your did your AP APM immediately increase by at least fifty percent when you drank it? Oh yes, certainly. Wait, are you talking about Mountain Dew Gamer Fuel? Is it was good. Would rec- would get another one. There's a little resealable pop tab thing that's kind of cool. Uh, it's dumb, and I like the gamer juice. I just can't stand the taste of Mountain Dew. I'm with Jim Sterling when he describes it as it tastes like hedgehog piss. Not that I know what that tastes like, but when I think of hedgehog piss, probably this. I like Mountain Dew. I tried the Mountain Dew Zero Sugar. Uh, welcome to Unscripted Beverages. Um, uh, yep, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I like a Code Red, and they make Code Red and Diet, which is great. Um, been really hard to get during the pandemic, so I've been drinking Diet Mountain Dew, and then I saw in the store they had the Diet the Mountain Dew Zero Sugar, and I tried it, and I don't like it as much as Diet Mountain Dew, but I will say they have a matte can, which I find very tactilely pleasing. So that's my review of Mountain Dew Zero Sugar. I would, I would, I would do good. I would do some mildly annoying things for myself, um, if it meant I could. If it meant Diet Baja Blast would be a real thing. Wait, it is a real thing. Just go to Taco Bell and get it. No, they just have no Diet Diet Baja. Oh, Diet Baja. Oh, oh, huh. I would try that. You can get you can get Baja Blast in the store, but I want Diet. I've Baja Blast. I've heard I've heard rumors um, from semi reliable sources that some of the gamer fuels are actually going to be coming in zero sugar flavors in the near future. So okay. Oh, I have good news for you, Josh. What? So I'm on Amazon right now because I love to research while we talk, and right now. For the low, low price of twenty two ninety nine for a pack of twelve, you could get Gamer Fuel Zero watermelon flavored. I will send you the link huh. later. <laughs> I knew it. That's why I saved it for last. That's why I saved it for last. <laughs> Ray, Ray, you you know you know I love watermelon, but I hate watermelon flavored shit. So I'm afraid that is the wait, wait. They have a variety pack of zero. Uh, they also have another awful flavor for uh, a soda, um, raspberry. Raspberry? What? what the fu- uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say something like apple, and I'm like, but I, I would drink an apple. No, they yeah, just, a raspberry is significantly worse. They just need to bring back Livewire and bring back and make it oh in a God. diet or zero sugar flavor as well. Dude, I like Livewire was like 
Mana from Heaven. That, that, that's the orange one, isn't it? Yes. That, live, that, when, yeah. you, when you first had that shit, you're like, I have become a god. That, that hits differently, Vault. doesn't it? This Vault, is... man, back in the day, Vault mm. was the stuff. That was, oh my god. Buddy of mine and I, we would we would get... We'd get two case. We get two cases of vault. We get a bunch of frozen pizzas. He'd bring his PS2 over. We'd sit in my living room and we'd play SOCOM all night and all day, polishing off those vaults and pizzas, and it was amazing. I have. That sounds ridiculously unhealthy and like a good time because uh, SOCOM back it in was, the day was a good time. It was both, and we'd listen to System of a Down while we did it because we were that cool. <laughs> yeah, we. Knew. Oh my <laughs> gosh, that was implied. <laughs> Just had to add that in there anyway. So uh, I, yeah. I did remember games. these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Video, video games. So uh, I'll start There's off. Video let's go in a circle. Uh, first of all, let's start with uh, Josh. Josh, what games have you been playing uh, in the past month? So um, picked up for the misses some Animal Crossing New Horizons. Um, I think I'm basically the only person I know who's not actively playing it. I pretty much only work on the stock market because I find that fascinating but um, other than that I don't really uh, do too much with the Animal Crossing but it's very pleasant to look at I like the game, the wife is having a great time. Personally um, I've been playing a lot of Doom Eternal picked uh-huh, that up yeah. right after the podcast and have been playing through that and I gotta say I really have enjoyed that game I am right at the end game so I'm at the, the point in the game where they basically they say once you go to the next area, you can't come back until your mission is done. So, um, close okay. to the end game. Um, I have yeah. really enjoyed the game so far. I think that the extra systems that they added on top of it, while probably could have been onboarded a little better, um, I just and I, I think Ray, you kind of mentioned this in the last podcast. Like they throw a lot at you very quickly in the beginning adding on from the first game when it comes to like managing your flame belch, managing your grenades, managing your blood punch, managing, um, you know, how you pick up weapons, ammo, armor, all that. It's, it's a lot to get, but once you start to get in that rhythm, um, you know, I, I found myself pretty quickly picking up and being able to just like, you know, I am constantly moving. I'm flame belching. I'm punching. I'm chainsawing. Yeah. I'm blowing shit up. And it's just, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, I think that... The, we, we should talk about Doom Eternal a little bit, like when Mike gets done, because I have a lot to talk with you yeah, about. Yeah, and, and maybe we do like a, we, we do a full cast on that at some point. But I think the the expanded lore that is active during the game as opposed to just being something you experience in you know pickups throughout was a good addition um i think that they they found a pretty decent balance of you know weaving a more overarching story and kind of pointing back to things that happened in doom 2016 and even earlier on and saying like this is how we've got to this point this is what happened this is what you saw in the first game that actually might have meant one thing and actually means this or it actually means what you thought it meant that that kind of thing i've i really appreciated um that kind of expansion while also still staying true to like the doom slayer fucking hates demons like so you, oh yes, they, like the lore is is like a is a pretty good like build up in addition. Yeah, and I I 
I think it would have been really easy in this game for them to go too far and either way over explain things or to take some of the mystique off of the Doom Slayer and the the overarching universe that they kind of start to introduce in Doom 2016. But personally, I felt like they they found a really good balance of filling out that world, filling out the Doom Slayer as a character tangentially, like, through his kind of actions and his past, but also filling out the world without going too crazy about it. So I, I really like that. Um, I will say the um, uh, platforming and jumping in that game is a little tedious. Oh, it's 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 the worst part of the it's, game in it's my the worst opinion. Part of the game. But I will say there is nothing more hilarious than the Doom guy grabbing onto a wall and cla- just imagining him clambering up it. It's every time it happens, I laugh because it's the stupidest, funniest shit. Just anime, just like and he, he moves his arm so fast. Like I think they might have purposefully made it silly, just to kind of like it. Just like it's it, it the 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 whole. All of the platforming like in the game is being uncomfortably buff. Yeah. So yes. like, if if real quick, pause right now. Go to YouTube. Just look up some, a clip of the the Doom guy climbing a wall in Doom Eternal, and just have a quick chuckle, and then come back to the podcast because oh my god, it's hilarious. But yes, the platforming and and parkoury stuff in the game are those. They do some interesting stuff with like secrets and whatnot to show hey you've mastered this traversal and you can find some stuff and yada yada all that exploration but like generally speaking it's stupid and i hate it so otherwise doom doom eternal having a real good time with it i'm really excited for the ending um i can see myself going back and playing this game again to to kind of just a continue shooting demons and having fun because i also just got a new graphics card so the game looks even prettier um so yeah that's doom eternal and then um the only other big thing I've been playing is actually I picked up Call of Duty Modern Warfare um, just a couple days ago, actually. Uh, it's on sale right now, 25 bucks, uh, 25% off, I want to say. And just been kind of looking for something, you know, a little more casual in my, um, you know, having two baby Metroids in my life and, and not as much time for gaming as I'd like. So sometimes I'm like, you know... I just need something that I can pick up for 30 minutes, um, play a couple rounds, not give two dams about what I'm doing, and then put it down. Or, you know, if I get interrupted in the middle of something because I have to go deal with a baby or a child doing something, like, it's not that difficult mm-hmm. to walk away because I'm not super invested in it. But I will say, Call of Duty, still a lot of fun. They have added a lot to Call of Duty in the eight ten years since i last played a game i want to say the last What's the last one you played black ops 2 i want to say is the last one i had um so uh i've been really enjoying it i've really only played the multiplayer i have not gotten into warzone or the um the campaign itself but um i'm really enjoying the game a lot of interesting game modes if especially if you just play on quick play um it's always fun to hear 12 year olds shit talk each other while you're just not giving a crap about anything that's happening because you know, you're 30 and have a job and you're just looking to blow off some steam for a minute. And this isn't your entire life. 
Um, but <laughs> Dude, the mute button is a thing. Yeah, but sometimes, sometimes there's a joy in that it's interaction of, of just getting to hear children be really stupid and way too into things because i know Josh, at one point tec- in time i believe the technical term is a squeaker yes yeah at, at one time at one time i was that squeaker try hard but i'm not anymore and i can look back and i can i can laugh at them for it and have a good time but um i know i mean you know it's it's a little late to game because obviously call of duty came out in november but um that game is fun i like the shooting i like the movement i like the progression the way you unlock things the way you um you know kind of as you use certain weapons more you unlock more items and attachments for it and more attachment slots um there's a lot to the game with operators and battle passes and skins and whatnot and it definitely does not resemble the call of duty that i remember um obviously we're also living in the the Fortnite world where all that kind of stuff is really important to draw in that particular style of audience and player and get the most you know curb appeal but i'm having a good time with it i've i've enjoyed it i guess i'm a cod player now again after 10 years so here we are god help me time is a flat circle um but yeah i think those are the the big three that i've been in in the last uh couple weeks here mike what about you i think it's on some uh ray we need to deep dive about animal crossing here yeah, I'll, I think, I'll, I think I'll step time. aside okay. for a minute since I'm I'm not playing Animal Crossing with these two. I, I assume that's what you've been playing a lot lately, Mike. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've still been doing just my usual Destiny stuff. You've all heard the uh, the basic loop is the same. There's some new things. It's fun. Destiny gonna I still Destiny. like it. Destiny gonna Destiny. You know, not not a huge ton of news to report there. Um, but I've been playing some Animal Crossing and. Me too. I kind of forgot because those past games have been on 3DS and or like the DS and um, so I kind of forgot like I think one thing that was like immediately apparent in this game was just how much a graphical upgrade was needed and appreciated for Animal Crossing. Yeah, um, just like just from like all the de- like little details of like like the tree like the leaves blowing on the trees like when the wind passes through them or like. Like just the tiniest little layer of like fuzz that each character has. Um, That's true. Or like, like, or like, like the feathers and clothes and stuff. Yeah. Just like all those, like, just like little micro details, just adds so much. And goddamn, I love that game so much. So uh, before we deep, dive I built into... a restaurant in my town. Yeah, come to my restaurant. I, I am enjoying the game. I'm logging in every day. I actually haven't logged in today. I need to fix that so I can get my uh, daily chores done. And that's what it really is. It's just a game where you do chores and bullshit around. And if you're like Mike, you find a way to manipulate hey. the turn up stock market. Hey, and, okay. Uh, manipulate is that that is an unfair. That is that is a very order. fair word. How, how am I manipulating? That is what, very what, much what manipulation. You, you what are, are doing wrong. You are outside of your friend group. You have coordinated with Reddit. Am I violating the like the Nintendo ter- online? You are not actually, violating actually, the Nintendo terms. Actually, of uh, th- 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 hold on. Pause that. Actually, <laughs> okay. Uh, strike that. Delete this part. Because uh, a website I use for like uh, I, a website I used for like turnip trading uh, got delisted from the subreddit for turnip trading because of some sketchy stuff of like player accounts and like oh they may be accessing like 
certain data that Nintendo doesn't want them to access. Oh, how are they doing that? That's a great question. Um, oh my so, gosh! <laughs> so I was just like, ooh. Uh, but yeah, so... Um, for, we, we should elaborate what people what we're talking about for the people that have never played Animal Crossing. Uh, what there's been some drama in our friend group. Well, first of all, now all, all of the wives have invaded the guy. The, the, what was once the Destiny Raid planning chat and then just became the other everything chat. It's now. It's now the Animal Crossing chat. Yes. So every day people post like, oh, so everybody, every day, like for every weekend, everyone buys like all their turnips, which function on like a stock market. S-T-A-L-K. It's a pun. Ha ha ha. Ha ha. Um, and then the prices fluctuate on different towns throughout the week. And normally what you're supposed to do is like get all your friends to all your friends are playing and like everyone's sharing prices. And when someone's a good price, everybody goes over there to sell. But because I'm a big baller and not a small baller, I do this on the Internet and find like and wait two <laughs> hours to get really dumb, goofy prices and pay like a hundred K tip just to set foot on the frickin island. <laughs> There's a no, bodyguard I, and everything. It's hilarious. The the one that you posted before where the person said, like, to come to my oh. island, 500,000 tip, bring the Nook Miles. Uh, if anyone violates like any of these rules, I will shut down. <laughs> no, it was like 460. Like, I'm going to give you 500,000 bells when when they're buying turnips at fucking 249. Get out of town they what are you doing and it was on like a I, tuesday I, 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 I love how this makes no sense to anybody who's never played animal crossing before they're like what is happening here but right the main conceit of the game other than like fake yelling about um turnip prices and a potential um trade agreement between all of your friends um <laughs> that we still have to legislate uh it's in, <laughs> it's in uh drafting process um you make you go there you make a little village uh villagers come to your town you know you pick your fruit you sell your fruit you do fishing you can kind of build up your town and like decorate it in fun ways like it's uh i it's you know it's a pretty similar loop to some other animal crossing games there's some a lot to do like crafting stuff which i don't I, there's a lot of things i think need to be streamlined as far as like just like menu operation and such, uh, but overall, I've uh, uh, Sarah and Sarah, because Sarah and I are both playing it. We share an island, and we have super duper loved like playing it. Either whether it's just like you know dipping in for a couple of minutes to check our daily stuff, or to spend like an hour or two planning like vast projects on our island and like you know scope sculpting the land and all that stuff and. Uh, it's really great. Oh, one of my villagers had a birthday party. Um, Those look fun. And I went to it. It was the most adorable. I I was cry. I cried. No oh. joke. I was tearing <laughs> up because of how adorable it is. Oh. They're like dancing and like singing your town theme, and there's like little decorations. And you brought Bo a present. And he was so happy. And I, I'm like, I'm cry I'm just crying thinking about. Oh my god, it's the most adorable thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh. And you guys think a turnip exchange is bad? There's a villager exchange. The slave market. It's insane. Like it's it's so funny. Cause How much is Bo selling for, Mike? Uh, he in one in one thread he auctioned off for ten million bells. That could buy you a lot of home additions, Mike. 
I don't. The, the most expensive addition to your house is like two point three million, and I can easily swing that. Is that is that really the most expensive addition that I ever th- gets? I to? think it, I think so. It's the basement. It's the final home upgrade. Uh, yeah, I could swing that. I mean, that'd be that would take out quite a chunk of my net worth. But hopefully, after this week, that would be like, you know, pennies. I think. I, I think I'm about to do that this next week if I find a decent place that that buys bills for. Yeah, if I can find a place that buys bills for 400 a stock, then yeah, I'll have beaten the game basically. <laughs> okay. So... You you only you only beat the game when you have an island rating of five and KK Slider, the dog of the series. It's, it's three. Is, is it three? You only need three for KK to show up, and that's when you see like credits. But you know. That's not really when it ends. Oh, so that, that's basically you've beat the game. You got KK to show up. Yeah, that's kind of like the main, like, I guess, like, what what you would call, like, a main, like, quest line of, like, kind of setting up the town. Colonizing the island, if you will. So, okay. Oh. Can I, can I, and not, let me ask this about what you guys yes. think is going to happen. Because, obviously, I don't think that Nintendo has expected what has popped up around Animal Crossing and and the way that people have I don't want to say gamed the system but you know just kind of figured out ways to go probably a little quicker than they had anticipated on some of this stuff um you know obviously you know Nintendo <laughs> Nintendo dropped the interest rate on the savings account and whatnot. Like, do you think? Oh, can we talk about that real quick? Well, that's I and mean, that's like that's what I'm going to like that's what I'm going to ask is like do we think that Nintendo is going to do something with, you know, either changing how people get turnip prices, like making the 500 turnip price more rare or adding more late game stuff that is more valuable? Because Megan has a, a, a family member who posted recently and said, like, I've done everything I can do with bells. Like I'm at the point where bells are meaningless because there's literally nothing else I can do. You know, is there going to be something where they add or they change to kind of keep people engaged? You know, what, what, what do you see or what do you think could happen that would make some of that more relevant again? Um, Um, I guess what I would say is I think, I think any I think the nerfing of the the changing of the interest rate I guess like I mean that seems kind of that ultimately I don't think it's that I don't I don't know what that what it was and what it is now It um, was a uh, 0.05% literally a half of a percent and they decided yeah, it, that I mean, was too deep I feel like that's such like a I mean unless you have a truly like clownish amount of turnips <laughs> and like if you have literally hundreds of millions of bells like that might matter but uh i mean i think like i, I guess i'm kind of i'm kind of at that point where like if i need like me having to swing bells for something is you know not a problem like that is right very easy to do but like that's but i think i mean i think it's just kind of how i think a they're gonna do like add more like seasonal events and like more kind of it seems like they have some more content rollout like they just added yeah they added the earth update stuff. that added the new part of the museum and then red's gonna start showing up to sell art and like counterfeits and all that um so i think they've definitely got like kind of a roadmap planned um just to keep people engaged beyond like i have a million bells i am done with the game now and i think like the game also does like i think with like the town rating stuff does a lot to encourage you know because like I can have 
I can sound a lot of bells on like decorations or whatever, but like I guess it the thing that uh but like me building like the little restaurant that I got and kind of inspired for didn't that didn't cost me like, you know, twenty thousand bells to ultimately to put together. Like that was not that like I crafted most of that stuff, but um so I think they have to kind of make sure people catch that bug to um you know want to continue doing like cool beautification stuff for their town and i hope like continuing with like more live update and stuff um so i i guess is yeah go ahead ray i I had a thought about that and josh brings up a good point and mike you're experiencing it now i think you know calculating you know home improvements and stuff you could do if you find some way to get 10 million bells off the stock market, which they give you a little prize for if you manage to do, uh, you've, you're you done. You have all the bells you will ever need in that game unless you just want to start planting money trees or whatnot, which is, by the way, when you plant bells inside the ground and it actually grows into a money tree. If you dig out the money bag and put at least 10,000, if you put in at least 10,000, you have to put in at least 10,000 to get the, because it'll grow 30k. That's a gamble. You act. There's a chance that it won't turn into anything. Actually, well, if if you if you find like the the golden money patch and and dig the um or like where you dig the random money bag yeah, up, yeah, yeah. out of the whole ground, whatever you plant in that golden hole is a guaranteed money tree. So just put in 10k because then anything more than 10k isn't guaranteed to increase, but 10k will give you each one of those on the full fully grown tree so you're saying so 10k because oh, i've only i've only been planting them inside the golden hole as we'll call it mm-hmm. the 10k is a guarantee payout really uh, 30k yes. oh, yeah. oh yeah it's guaranteed so okay if you, so, so just don't don't rebury the 1000 bury 10k plant it um and then you know a couple days you'll have three bag three 10k bags on that tree so to but they only sprout once so they don't. Uh, that's really true. So to answer Josh's question, which is a good question, the question you're asking is specifically geared towards millennials like us that will go out of our way to game the system. The millions we of can't in real life, right? <laughs> can't just pay off your home instantly inside of a week. What are you mad? Um, the the millions of kids like your your daughters, uh, Josh, that are playing the game, they're not gonna game the system. They're having fun with it, and it'll take them like the better part of like half a year to get through everything. Also, it's not like a constantly monetizing game. So Nintendo's like, we got your sixty bucks. We have like a the smallest live service team supporting this. Uh, here's your calendar. Here's what's gonna happen throughout the next couple of weeks. Jobs are good. So I, I don't think it's gonna be that bad, honestly. Yeah, and I also can't imagine that Nintendo is too worried about uh, the like the life and longevity of, of like the community um, because it has. Let me see. Da, 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 da. Uh, it has. Um, it has been selling like hotcakes. It, let's see here. It is the uh, third best launch for any Nintendo game ever. Yeah. Following uh, Smash Bros. Ultimate and Smash Bros. Brawl for the Wii. (coughs) Smash Brothers hype! I mean, I will say, there is possibly no better time for an Animal Crossing game to have launched. Like, this was the perfect game at the perfect time. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, 
switches are selling like hotcakes because everybody wants to be, you know, everybody's thinking about being home and playing games and whatnot. And like, you know, kind of Nintendo's just what you think of. Um, and then you've got Animal Crossing and everybody's talking about it. And it's like, oh, let's do this game where I can kind of socialize and kind of, you know, live a life and do chores and forget about anything that crazy that's going on. So, you know, not that I'm saying that Animal Crossing wouldn't have sold gangbusters without the pandemic, but I'm definitely saying that that did not hurt in any way. I would not have purchased it if I wasn't under quarantine orders. I, I am definitely one of the populists that uh, have helped give Nintendo 60 bucks specifically due to the circumstances of the world right now. But, like I think I was t- talking with you guys uh, last time we recorded. Um, oh, yeah, I should go into the games I'm playing. Uh, wait, I, I'll let Mike finish before I go into that. Uh, yeah, so I guess the kind of final thing on Animal Crossing is, I think, another thing that the game has going for it is, uh, if you haven't looked on, like, online and, like, subreddits or, like, Twitter, there is a, like, a very, I feel like it's very easy to get, kind of get into, like, the creative tools and the community doing, like, custom clothes, custom, like, designs is huge and people are doing, like, I think people are kind of, it's like I think a lot of like the projects that people do in Animal Crossing and like their little things are very like shareable and very cool to see. So um, and it's like I think it's kind of a good feedback because I still see stuff like that and that gives me good ideas and then I'll post about them and then other people do them. Uh, so I think having like I think that community is I think there's a very like. I guess a very like wholesome kind of creative community in Animal Crossing that is doing a lot of really cool stuff that I think will definitely help. And it, it, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, bells can't buy everything. Aww. Um, it's uh, all yeah, about the friends we I, make uh, along the way. As uh, uh, I think I'm super liking this Animal Crossing. I, I feel like they've got some cool, I've been happy with, uh, we're past the scourge of Bunny Day. We survived. Um, uh, I just hope I can unload these turnips, and I like that game a lot. It's real good. I'm good. I'm done. <laughs> Hands up. Uh, after I so, so last time we talked, I was finishing up Doom Eternal. So uh, Doom Eternal is great. Uh, the big things I want to talk with you briefly about, Josh. So it's been out a while. It's been out like over a month. Um, fuck the Marauder. I just, I just want to get <laughs> right then and there out of the way. I know there are defense videos. There are video, whole YouTube videos, like sometimes some of them 30 minutes long, defending this one enemy in Doom Eternal. It's called the Marauder. He looks like the Doom Slayer, except he's not. There's a story reason why he exists, and he is. Not a badly designed enemy, because the first time you see him, he's a boss fight. But when you start seeing him on the regular, you're, I, I always just let out an audible sigh and rolled my eyes, because he's there to make sure you no longer have fun with that game. You have to stop stop everything you're doing, just stop, direct all your attention to killing this asshole. Mike, let me describe him to you. Mm-hmm. First of all, he's as fast as his Doomslayer. You can't outrun him. He is purpose-built that you cannot outrun this mf You have a dash attack, he has a dash attack. Also, he has a shield. 
The shield blocks everything. Every, including when you eventually find it, the BFG. Just blocks it. Bing! Bounces off. <laughs> He's like, what you got? It's like the Pursuer from Dark Souls 2. Uh, he has a sword. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It's an axe. He has an axe uh, that he swings at you. Does a large amount of damage. I don't care how much armor you have. He has a super shotgun, which he holds with one hand. Um, and he just flicks and just shoots you real quick whenever you get a little bit too close to him. He's like, get up out of my face. Bam! Fires it and reholsters it in one quick... It's like 20 frames of animation. Just bam! And then it's right back. And you're just like, what just happened? I got two buckshot in the face. Uh, he can summon a wolf made of laser energy that chases you <laughs> across the entire battlefield. And yes, it is just slightly slower than you. So you have to cancel everything you're doing and take care of that because it will not go away. Nope. Uh, he's got one more attack. Oh, it's escaping me. Oh, he can... He shoots lasers out of the axe. As if it wasn't an... <laughs> Yeah, that that guy can fuck up. And I, yeah, I will say the, the the Doom Eternal has a good habit of, hey, remember this like boss encounter you had? What if now sometimes that was just an enemy that showed up on the regular? Yeah, how fun would yeah. that be? I the game's been out long enough that I don't think the Marauder is a spoiler because if you go to the Doom Reddit, it's all they meme about, as rightfully so. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely, is... I definitely have not died, like in the same area as many times as when I've had to face a marauder. Okay, there's one section where you fight a marauder. It's a marauder, a snake demon. I forget what they're called. Oh, those are the and worst. the room is so small that you're just constantly being harangued by the both of them. The snake demon is just wrapping its stuff around you and hitting it with whips. The marauder is just in your face. And by the way, there are zombies crowding this tiny little alcove and I, I must have died there 30 times. It must have taken me two hours to get past that one section. And I'm not playing it on easy mode or anything like that because you just can't play a Doom game on easy mode. How fucking dare you? Uh, but oh my gosh. Oh Gosh, that enemy is so bad. The rest of the game is great. It's just that one enemy on the uh, not not the hardest difficulty. The absolute hardest difficulty is Ultra Nightmare. Um, that's the one where you get one shot, and if you die, it wipes your file, and you have to start the entire game all over again. I I cannot fathom. Like I will say, there have been times where like I'll do like a Slayer Gate or I'll do an encounter. I'm like, holy sh. Yeah, how did I not yeah. die? You know, I picked up the right number of one-ups and whatnot to survive, but I'm like, how could you go through this entire game without even dying once? And I'm sure plenty of people do it very efficiently, but I'm just like, how? Okay, so there is an answer to your question. What you do is you play the game on nightmare mode, and you have a save file of all the chapters, and you keep doing perfect runs of the game on nightmare mode then you go to your save file because you can still save and go to your ultra nightmare mode and then you just go back and you keep you keep bunny hopping that way yeah uh i have watched a playthrough of someone do a ultra nightmare run and yeah that's that's the only way you're gonna do it he talks about how many hours of practice he's done at one particular level just so he can make it through this run on the twitch stream and and don't worry it it's wild looking and you have to have an uncapped frame rate to do that because uh 60 frames per second is not going to cut it you need like 120 frames for those you need perfect all that shots. visual information yes uh 
Doom Eternal is great, though. I have... Yeah, I didn't love or hate the very final enemy you fight in the game. I, I'll want your opinions on that, Josh. Yeah. Um, I hate the platforming. Yeah. I think it ruins the flow of the game. Uh, the platform, the platforming is what I was thinking of when I said last time we talked that, that Doom 2016 is better. Because the platforming in that version of the game, it was built around the level design as if you're going through a UAC laboratory. This one is just like, what if there are floating coffins that you have to jump up towards and clamber up on? And you're like, what's going on here? Mario Odyssey makes more sense than this. What am I doing? <laughs> I will say, in some of the combat encounters where they do have those, like, the jump bars and things like that. The, the monkey you know, bars? Yeah, some of those do make sense. But, yeah, in the general, like, I am moving about this environment to go from place to place. It can fuck off. Yeah, it, it's there to break up the the high energy flow of uh, of you know the kill rooms and whatnot, the combat arenas. Also, okay. all the, all the swimming sections can fuck off as well. Also unneeded, absolute a hundred percent unneeded. There's a swimming level, and there, there are several. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. I think that sound that why would well, no Is no one asked Reynolds for them Super either. Mario World. What's that? No, <laughs> I said Super Mario World is good. It's, it's, Doom, it's, Doom Eternal is good. I would say yeah, Super Mario, Mario World is, is better is than Doom Eternal. Very good. I'm going to say that. But Doom Eternal is still... It was just a joke. It's okay. it's yeah, it was a bad joke, though. <laughs> yeah. No, the swimming... There is. There are a few swimming sections. Um, and, of course, while you're swimming, you're also uh, somehow in irradiated water and taking radiation damage during it. And those sections can fuck that right sucks. the hell off. That sounds dumb. Uh, swimming in Toxic Waste is also not a great... Like, the, there are so many things that while I was playing this game, I see some people calling it the perfect game. I'm like... I wouldn't go no, that No! It's good. It's really, really good. And the music... Oh, the and, music and then, is so good. And, I, you know, I've, I've, I, you know, I wear, like, a little, like, Fitbit-style thing. And after uh -huh. a couple of combat encounters, I'm just like, check my heart rate. Oh, I'm at 90 right now. <laughs> like, the blood's pumping. Uh yeah, the blood's pumping while you're just sitting down playing a game. Yes, uh, there. I will say to everyone that's played it, myself included, your anxiety and your adrenaline gets jacked while you're playing Doom Eternal. It's because uh, that they they introduced another mechanic that I didn't mention before. I, I think I mentioned it briefly before. How low your ammo is for everything. A fully upgraded super shotgun only has. 24 rounds, which means it's only got 12 shots. That hurts. That When Doom 2016 gave you 60, and you're dropping all the way down to 12? Was it, was oh, it 60 yeah. on Doom? Because I remember Doom 2016 still having a relatively little amount of ammo, but... Yeah, uh, fully upgraded Super Shotgun, and Doom 2016 had 60 rounds, so you got 30 shots off. Okay. So I that's... Use, I never used a Super Shotgun anyway, so... Okay, you, wow, wow, Josh. I don't know what to say to you right now. I'm, but I'm just that good. how do you? Okay, oh no. Oh, so uh, the grenade, oh, the grenade launcher on the shotgun is the ultimate weapon. The grenade launcher is a fun weapon, and you know, uh, what is it? Instantly stunning caco demons by firing grenade lobs into their mouth. That never gets old. Yeah. None of the glory kills get old, actually. None of them. Yeah. They're they're like eight on the arachnatron. I love it. Some of them I was figuring out near Endgame. Uh, all, all the mechanics of how to take out enemies, like taking out the Arachnatron's uh, top little laser thing yeah. at the very top. 
Um, I don't. Uh, yeah, I think that is new. Like the hey, these demons have a few weak points, and you can disable or, or you know disarm or stun them by doing it this certain way, and you know using a certain weapon at a certain time to do something automatically. You know that that has been a pretty cool mechanic. You know the um, I forget what they are the the big upgraded. Um, pink guys with the armor. You know, you go up and if you have a blood punch charge, you punch them and it knocks all. Oh, the, armor the pinky off demons. Them. Yeah. Yeah, the blood punch instant kills them and whatnot. Yeah, That's... there 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 are some really good things that they added to that game. There are some frustrations and challenges. Definitely not a perfect game. So my favorite was the super shotgun because it has the meat hook, and there's nothing funnier than like Spider-Maning to a demon and swinging around them across the room while they're on fire, and then when you're done with them, unloading both barrels of the shotgun round while you're flying across the room to meet with another pack of demons. That is fun. That never ever ever got old. If the game was just that, it'd have been the perfect game. I just, I'm need just, ten, just ten hours of that. Just. <laughs> Please! That's kind of what my end game turned into. It turned into five hours of me swinging around with a meat hook shotgun. Um, oh yeah, Doom do, do Eternal is great. If you like the first one, you should play it. The jokes aren't as subtle as the first game. Um, as a matter of fact, some of the jokes are straight up in your face. Like uh, in the in the hub world, if Josh knows what I'm talking about, the Fortress of Doom. There's just a bunch of like really cheesy jokes there, but they're fun. They're fine. Yeah, I, like uh, I obviously play. Have been playing a lot of Animal Crossing uh, with Mike and crew, and mm -hmm. lots of good stuff is happening. Red has come to my island. He's selling us some some artwork. Trying to manipulate the stock market. I'm 600k stocks in. We're gonna see what happens throughout the next. Yeah, week. I, yeah. I, this is a. You know, it's kind of funny because I'm like, oh, I'm just, oh, you know, Sarah. Sarah asked me if we need to like pool our bells together. I'm like, no, nah, I'll swing it this week. It'll be fine. <laughs> so I just, I right now, I like, I have like my little patch, my turnip patch set to like over, set to hold about 1.1 million bells worth of turnips approximately. Goodness. Plus or minus for depending on the buy price. Yeah. Uh, and then so I'm like, okay, so this will take me two and two full trips to unload, and then like a third trip for pocket change yeah yeah oh my goodness that's like, so, that's uh, nuts yeah. i'm not saying like well now see now i need to make sure that everyone in our group chat knows how like the price trend works because there is a way that you can predict the spike is there yes because here I'll, I'll repost the image again tomorrow but okay like, there's like different kinds of charts like there's either like the small like the small gain random price and then there's like the one that's like da, 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 down 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 spike Okay. We're looking for that big spike. That's what we want. All right. That's the moneymaker. So, yes. That's Let's a, go. That's basically Animal Crossing. It's manipulating the stock market because the real-life stock market is still not doing great. <laughs> Oil. Hey, if, uh, <laughs> you know, even if you go bust on turnips, you can have – if you have – you can – if you have space to hold oil, then, buddy, let me tell you. Yeah, if you got, like, some spare space fine. in your car, go to your local refinery and say, I'll go ahead and take that barrel off your hands. Come on. <laughs> Just put it in the back. <laughs> Like yeah, yeah, I got a backpack. And they'll know? pay you to take. It. Yeah, basically, it's uh, everything's fine. The economy is real. It's very real, folks, and not fake. Yes. Uh, um. So I've spent... I want to talk about a news story, actually. Oh wait, wait, wait! Oh, I got one more game. One more game. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I've spent the last almost thirty hours playing the Final Fantasy VII remake, and uh, mm. if you are a fan of the original Final Fantasy VII, you have no idea what you're in store for, because uh, 
They found the Midgar sec the Okay, it says on the back in of the box. Good way or bad way? Please elaborate. Controversial. That's controversial because uh, if you, the Midgar section of Final Fantasy VII, and this isn't a spoiler, it actually says on the back of the box, this game only covers the Midgar section of Final Fantasy VII. I checked on the back of my own box. That section took like seven hours in the original PlayStation One game. I'm at hour 30, and I know where I am in the story, and I'm not leaving Midgar for another long time. They expand out whole sections of the game. Uh, they're telling, like, little gaps and filling in little parts of the story that weren't there before. Uh, they're adding more character. It's good. The combat is great. It's this beautiful combination of... Uh, it's a combination of Final Fantasy 15 and Kingdom Hearts, and with a little bit of Final Fantasy VII sprinkled in, and they make it work. And without getting into spoilers, I would say if you are a fan of Final Fantasy games, Kingdom Hearts games, or if you've ever played Final Fantasy VII, you are doing yourself a disservice not playing this game. It is that good. And Okay, Ray, I have a question for you. I don't know if you can answer this. As someone okay. who has not played Final Fantasy VII, yeah. uh, but I, I mean, I played the occasional like RPG, I guess. Should I jump in on this? Should I? Would it? Will it? Would it be enjoyable to someone who has like, played the original? Do you like action RPGs? Uh, I haven't. I feel like I haven't played an action RPG in like a long time, but I do. I would say I do enjoy them. You should definitely play this game because this is very, very action JRPG, mm -hmm. uh, and it's super anime. You have to like anime to like this game, because if you don't, you are setting yourself up for failure. Uh, well, it's a good thing I hate anime, so... No one brings in the question. Me, we should do a, uh, we should do a, a uh, I forgot that we are also going to be, we should also do a, a podcast about all the recent, recent, uh, prog rock that we've been listening to. Talking about uh, JoJo? Uh, and my friend, uh, Robert, Robert Speedwagon. Robert E.O. Speedwagon. <laughs> Robert E.O. Speedwagon. Okay. I was so mad. It's so dumb. Okay. Josh, watch JoJo. <laughs> I'm working on it. Okay. okay. So, obviously, they're breaking up Final Fantasy VII into three parts. And we are just focusing on the mission. Three or four? It could possibly I, I be just, four. I, I, what, like, for something that I bought, you know, whatever, 20 years ago for mm -hmm. whatever price... And could buy, you know, a similar story. Like, $180 plus to get the full Final Fantasy VII remake and retelling. And, like, you're at 30 hours and you're going to... You've still got more before you're even done through just, like, the first part of the game. The Midgar section. The full section, part yeah. of this game. Like, there's a part of me that's excited about getting to see... Final Fantasy 7 in the fidelity that I remember it in. Like, you know, yeah. the way I experienced Final Fantasy 7 the first time is the way it looks now. But, like, I just don't know if 100 hours plus and 200 plus dollars is mm -hmm. a reasonable expectation. And, it, what, like, you know... Yeah, they're padding this out now, but at what point do they have they 
padded too much and they either can't wrap everything up in time or they start to get to the point where they feel like they have to continue to pad and they just make it so unbelievably long or just in the hey we are making this such a daunting task for us that it takes us another four years to get out the next part like yeah do i guess like like do you think this can pay off do you think it's worth all of that time and money like are the things they adding really adding that much value to the point where i'm going to invest a hundred hours over the next however many years and two hundred dollars to relive the story of final fantasy 7 kind of uprest so here, here are some things that might help you because i was asking myself the same questions for years and now i'm actually like heavily invested into it here's what you get one fully voice acted everything is fully voice acted even the people around you like all the other npcs around you they're all talking and you have a a bar next to you that's giving you their closed captions. Everything is fully voice acted. That in and of itself, to me, is worth the price of admission. Um, good news, they do calm down Barrett's voice actor after you get past the tutorial section. He, he doesn't come... He doesn't stay what Japan interprets to be a large black man to be for very long. <laughs> um... Three. Uh, As someone in fluent and jive, you probably can, you know, indeed. confirm that for us. <laughs> no, I, I mean, it was easy for me man, to understand. You can confirm. Can, can confirm. No, he does get like a lot of more calm down, reserved parts. Uh, there are many sections that you. Th- okay, I'll give Josh an example since I remember playing Final Fantasy VII with you. Um, the part where you have to cross dress Cloud at the Honeybee Inn, that part took like 20 minutes, maybe. 25 if you want to do everything to make Cloud the best looking model there. That part now takes like two hours. As an example, and it's going to take you two hours. And there's nothing you can do to make it take any less. It might take maybe a, an hour and 45 minutes if you're going to rush through it. It's because they're expanding out. They're adding more what's originally a comedic section. More comedy to it. They're adding more story to it. They're adding certain cutscenes. There's a dance-off. There's now a full-on dance-off. That Cloud has to win the affection of being uh, put into a dress. And it's perf. It, is this, it, this dance-off something that just happens? Or something that you are actively like pressing buttons to get Cloud? You're pressing to do- buttons. Oh my god. <laughs> I both love and hate it. Like, It's, uh, it's wonderful. The whole section's the... Okay, there are certain story elements that... In the original game, they said, yeah, this part just happened. They now play, make you play those parts to see how it happened. That actually gets into a little bit of spoilers, but I'm trying to think of an example that happens like really, I mean, I've, really I've early heard, in the game. I've heard of, like, you don't need to get into full examples. Like, I've heard of some of that stuff or people mentioning that, and, and, I, and I can yeah. see that. I'm just, I'm worried about the longevity of the value proposition and the time it takes to see this project out. I mean, honestly, the fact that this first part came out and at all, I am beyond, like I legitimately thought, and I'm sure that you can pull audio of me saying that like this won't happen, but yeah, yeah. It's never I mean, just coming the fact out. That we got part one. Great. I'd love to say that I, you know, we'll have time to play it, but I probably won't, but I would like to try, but man, it just, 
I'm excited. I'm glad it exists. It just seems like a lot, and I'm very interested to see what two and three and maybe four look like. You know, only time. Me will too, die. because the story is going in different directions that allude to this will definitely at least take three. That there's there's so much buildup, and then there's so much lack of things. I, I, how to put it? Okay, combat wise. You definitely starting near like the end of the game. You, st you start seeing Cloud coming into his own a lot more faster than he did in like the first game. Yeah. I mean strength and stuff. Like there's there's an attack you have called Infinity's Edge, and it's the most anime looking attack. Cloud leaps into the air with his sword. He draws the Infinity symbol and then hits the enemy as if that somehow made it stronger. But it does. It's it's weeb as hell, and I love it. I, I love it so much. The, I love it. Um, um, I I highly recommend this game. You should definitely give it a shot. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. That that's Let's all talk I have. About some so, news. Yeah. Uh, well, I do have. Uh, this is not the newest news story, but I thought it was a pretty big deal and um, one that uh, uh, I think was very interesting to me. Um, we can. We're almost at an hour here, so I can just probably we can cover this and then go from there. Uh, so uh, this is if you guys didn't know, this is the 35th anniversary of Mario or Super the Super Mario series. Oh, and sources, sources, multiple sources have told the publication the Video Games Chronicle. Uh, that Nintendo is planning to hold an event to coincide with the, uh, the uh, you know, the 35th anniversary of Super Mario. As part of its anniversary celebrations, Nintendo will reveal plans to re-release most of the Super Mario 35-year back catalog this year, remastered for the Nintendo Switch. <sighs> da, 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 da. Nintendo will reveal some, several... Apparently, Nintendo is also set to reveal other Mario titles in 2020, including a new installment of the Paper Mario series and a deluxe version of tw Super Mario 3D World from 2013, which I super duper loved that game. Uh, it sounds like we might. So basically, kind of the big thing, as, as opposed as you know, in addition to some kind of classic Mario games, uh, we might get remasters of Mario Sunshine and Mario Galaxy. For the first time on Switch, I'll take a remaster so, of Mario Galaxy, but Mario Sunshine can uh, stay where it is uh, in the past. Yeah. You know, I liked that <laughs> game. Man, I've never played either. So, Mario uh, Sunshine is a weird Sunshine Mario game. Is, I watched. Is I very watched the weird. Giant Bomb Crew play Mario Sunshine though, so you know. Some of those, like some of the later levels, are pretty. It's the best parts of. Mario uh, Sunshine are just you should just just you should just play Galaxy. Don't 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 play. <laughs> yeah, the the best parts of Mario Sunshine is when they take the the hose off of you and you're just playing a, a 3D Mario game and you're like, oh, this is what I was expecting on yeah, the GameCube. The hose, just like the hose platforming, you're just like so slow and like bloaty and yeah. Um... But yeah, Galaxy's yeah. great. Galaxy is a phenomenal so game. I would a Galaxy remaster would be amazing, because uh, well, there's two galaxies, so I'd assume that they would probably do both. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I, I basically I'm most excited for this because 
I love 3D World. Um, if it, it's a weird game because it's on the Wii U, so like not not a ton of people I feel like played that one, but it is. It's kind of like I played it. I feel like that. I game, liked it. You know how like there's like the suit the new Super Mario Bros where like people can like multiplayer together and like platform. Uh-huh. I feel like 3D World is the best version of that because there's actually room for four people or like two or three, two or three or four people to actually platform at the same time and not like constantly like fuck each other over accidentally. Oh, you're talking about so the like, Wii U version, right? Yeah. Yeah, I played and beat that one. That's a really cool game. It's easy yeah. as hell, but it's a really cool game. Yeah, it's easy, but it's like a pr- it's really fun. And like the there's like lots of great music in that game. Yeah. Uh like the soup like the Bowser Casino World thing like the, It's a bop. Yeah. Uh so I uh it, this is again sources not been confirmed, but I feel like with Nintendo has been pretty good about kind of bringing some less popular things from the Wii U to uh to the switch i mean they even did it for things like mario kart so um i i had kind of felt like 3d world would have been like an absolute like it it, it, and for me it always kind of felt like it was gonna happen at some point um so i hopefully it gets the love it deserves because we might be getting that i seriously that is a super duper fun game and i really hope when that does come out, people give it a shot because it is, it, it's super fun, and I think people will like it. So that's kind of an interesting news thing. Uh, nice. So I'll be very interested to see what what actually happens that. with that. Did they give a date or anything of when they're expecting that, or just some you know that yeah, is planned for sometime this year? Kind of like they, these yeah, are all rumors. Well, uh, sometimes those rumors was... come with like you know time frames like oh we're expecting this in Q3 oh we're expecting okay this in, yeah you know I see you some that kind of I didn't know if they had if they had attached any kind of like time frame for that um, I was just curious it's not 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 the end of the not super important just curious yeah so it was probably okay yeah so I think um uh, the article Video Gaming Chronicle says here that they this was planned to be announced at around E3. Mm. Uh, you know, with the cancellation of that, uh, there, I, you know, since they do the, since it was probably planned for a d- direct anyway, yeah. um, I don't know how they already kind of do that remotely. So I don't know how much of a, if that changes the timetable of that, you know, who knows? Um, so I would imagine that that's probably when that would happen as that's a pretty i think like a remastered galaxy is a pretty hype generating headline oh my gosh if it was a remastered galaxy and it was both games inside of it and you could play yoshi in part one yeah and it sounded like based on the i i think and the report is also saying that it's not just going to be like a direct port like they will there will be doing some kind of like touch-ups new levels stuff like that so i think that would be they you know, so they, I think that's a pretty safe expectation. I, this is too cool for Nintendo, but and they'll never do it. But they should be like, "Yo, Mario Galaxy One and Two available now." Now Nintendo's I pulled mean, that before. Remember at their E3 conference, they're like, "Fortnite's coming to the Switch." By the way, it's available for download this moment. And uh, boom, that is true. That is true. They, they yeah, they, they, that, they've that. done that. <laughs> they they are she not like afraid the, to drop it, a hammer. It, it is harder to do that with. You know, when you have physical stuff, but hey, it could still, it could, it could still happen. Yeah. 
Also, uh, Nintendo has said that they have nothing to announce on the topic. Mm. Okay. So Just like they have nothing to announce on the topic of the potential updated Switch and the um, firmware update that had sort of hinted to a second screen for a potential updated Switch. So, again. Oh, we can't. No, I don't want to go back to two screens. No, well, I like the one. In the, the last... The last or the oh. second to last Nintendo Switch update, there was some sort of, like, source code that was hinting towards second screen play. Now, if they if they were to re- release a revised Switch that had some sort of, like, hey, you can, for certain aspects, cast to your dock that plays your TV and do, like, you know, Mario Maker and you can draw everything on your Switch as it is but still see it on, you know, your big screen, kind of like, oh, I don't know, the Wii U, but better. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't hate that idea. Just say. I've been hearing rumors of the Switch Pro for the past two years now. It's like, guys, should I get off the pot? I, I mean, just do it or don't. One of the two. Well, and, like, the thing is, like, I mean, you know, the Tigra, the the Switch is based on the Tigra 1. The Tigra 2 came out pretty close after that, but now they've had enough time to, like, you know, work with the Tigra 2 and, and lock that down and, and, you know, do some updates. I I think that there is room for a Switch, you know, a more updated Switch that is the same form factor, usable on the screen, has a little more horsepower, has a little more power efficiency, um, you know, especially when you see things like some of those more big budget ports getting put onto the switch, having a little extra horsepower. Like I can, I can see the argument for that. I can see them wanting to, you know, explore a second screen option to bring some of the back catalog of even DS games onto the switch since that is their primary and only platform now. And, you know, they're not going to have an opportunity to, you know, remake Majora's Mask on the mm-hmm. the DS, 3DS two kind of thing. So like, I can see that dude base if, available, but it's just like, I don't. If you know, Nintendo just, went and got their druthers and decided to virtual console GameCube, DS, and 3DS games onto the Switch with the 3D option disabled. I mean, it's just they're printing money at that point. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and the entire Advance catalog. Why not? The entire Game Boy Advance catalog. Yeah, maybe, maybe I want to play Golden Sun on the run. That you, no, That's I'm, the one reason why they wouldn't. That that will never happen is because someone <laughs> might play Golden Sun on it. I I would basic if that happened at that point. I would just like here here's my credit card, max it out. Yeah. Let me have my childhood. Thank you very much. I don't think Nintendo truly ever understands. Maybe it's a coding thing. Because I, I, I'm actually not believing it's a coding thing. Because emulators are just too easy to come by. And people like with downtime make these very powerful like Wii U emulators. Where they get the computer screen emulating the tablet. So I don't believe it's a coding thing anymore. I stopped believing that a while ago. No. And the fact that the... The there is a virtual console on the Switch for Super Nintendo and NES games, like they 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 could do it. They they could tomorrow say, and they've done it on the other console. Like they could do it tomorrow. I mean, heck, 
you could granted you had to have a piece of hardware which was basically just a game boy advance attached to your gamecube but like there was a time where yeah. you could play game boy advance games on your television people want that like sometimes i think nintendo hates money fuck them yeah <laughs> like that's right Fuck them! <laughs> they hate me making money based on how arduous it is like, to go fly I, I to I know Reggie Fils-Aimé <laughs> will stay loose-lipped forever about some of the internals of Nintendo, but, like, I ha- I, there's a part of me that believes that, like, a lot of the things we're saying Reggie Fils-Aimé probably knew, but, like, talking to some of the older leadership, some of the folks in Japan, and saying, like, why don't we do this thing? And like, I, I can only imagine the kind of pushback that he got. And just some of those internal discussions of like, yo, we could do this and it would make us lots of money. And like, just why do some of the things that seem like no brainers for Nintendo just never happen? Or it, it just, ah, it, it is a very, I mean, I'm not gonna like armchair quarterback them. I like, I mean, I don't know how big company go. You know, I don't know how Nintendo Machine go burr. Um, I mean, I imagine that that's like. I mean, they've probably talked about some of that stuff, but maybe just, you know, are they're they seem like a very conscientious like cost benefit type company. Like if that if that if that if the math doesn't make sense for them to do that, then based on you know X or Y no matter whatever how valid that is, they just won't do it. I, and, but I just um, I ref, I I mean uh, not to like go right against you, but I kind of refuse to believe that because there are a lot of off-the-shelf emulators that either a Nintendo have already written themselves, or b that could be easily licensed and put on the platform, and you know they have all the data, they have the ROMs, they they are easily able to run these games. Like they're already doing it on the Switch with games. They could like. Th- they have the data they have the roms they could just put those pieces on the store and sell them hell i bet a decent number of people rebought games that they had on the wii when they got their wii u granted there were only 10 people that had wii u mm. but those 10 people bought basically the same things that they had between those two because nintendo refused to do any sharing between them like it, I, I've double dipped many uh, Nintendo game. I think I've double dipped uh, the Mega Sin Legacy Collection at least two or three times now. <laughs> yeah, I, I double dip for Nintendo games because most of the time they're really well polished games. I actually am 100% in Josh's court. There is a certain point where you're like, no, at this point you're just not doing it. it, it <laughs> how hard is it to get like a what a 25 megabit? Uh, Super NES game onto your highly powerful system that works as a console and handheld. I refuse I mean, to believe I guess, it's like, that my powerful. my Nintendo grievance. I mean, more than like releasing a back catalog is like is just is is you know the one thing that will never happen is just the online play un- ungoofing online stuff. Like, oh yeah, oh the, yeah. The like the an- the Animal uh, Crossing friend system is ab. Absurd. Like it, it uh, is. Laborious. If this was like the first time they've ever, cr- if this was the like the year two thousand, and this I, was the first like, online system ever, it would be excusable. <laughs> no, like I think this system is unacceptable even in two thousand and eight. Like <laughs> this, this, it is 
unbelievable that in 2020, you have to be friends with a person, go to their island, then friend them, then best friend them, and in an app on the phone in the game, you can see them, but you can't send them messages, and they can send you messages, but you open it in one app, and then you have to go to another app to send them a text. Like, it is unbelievable. Nothing will never not tick me off. So I have a lot of work colleagues, and we all play Smash Brothers. I could see when they're playing Smash Brothers, when I'm playing Smash Brothers, I cannot ever join their games. I have to physically call them or text them and say, I'm creating a lobby inside the game. Here is my friend's code. Let's fight in Smash Brothers. I mean, and like, honestly, like, all this, like, Nintendo online system wide stuff should be better. But being the big dumb bitch that I am, I just am annoyed with how many clicks it takes to go to somebody else's island. Yeah, to, absolutely. It's, it's to absurd. go to Animal Crossing. Because you go, you talk to Oroville, he's like, hey, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I want to visit. <laughs> Click. Have to say, oh, got to save the game the first time. I'm like, oh, what do you want to do? Do you want to use a friend code? Do you want to do this? I'm like, I want to do this. Okay, I have to save the game a second time. And I'm just like, oh. And then you have to have an annoying animation of you traveling there. And then there are weird, it's like... It's very cute if, the if, first time. If but. somebody is doing something on the island, it might disqualify you from being able to leave or being able to do something else. Like, it is it is unbelievably complicated and just... It's inexcusable. It is a... That is, that is one of those things that proves to me that Nintendo just flat out refuses to understand how online systems should work like it's not that they can't do it it's that they choose oh, yeah. like, to purposefully make it bass backwards because you uh so jim sterling had this bit when he did his animal crossing review and i thought this emu- this was emblematic of the problem i have with animal crossing even though i love playing it if you sit down and think how long it takes to go from the dodo airport to another person's island that's like two minutes how many different islands have you been to how much of your life have you been in just animal crossing menus to get to (laughs) as someone who is like does high powered selling of turnips one of the most stress anxiety things inducing things in this game is when you someone is selling for like 650 turnips and you've got a whole fucking load (laughs) and then every and then like every five seconds the whole game stops for like a solid 40 seconds Uh to like watch the fly-in cutscene, and then somebody's leaving as you're like inching your way towards the nook cranny to like try and sell your turnips and get out of there before the whole thing crashes that sounds like hell it's just like i mean i don't it's yeah i would wish i would wish that that would be different and I think it's bad. I it is like the way it is. I, I agree with Joe. And here's the here's the effed up thing about it. And here's the part that like makes me sad. We're paying for this service. We're paying for this. Ex- if it was still free, I would have no room to complain. Even I don't care that it's twenty dollars a year. I care that it is a cost and it is just this bad. It shouldn't. Oh my gosh, Mike. When's the last time you played Smash Brothers online? Uh, it's been a minute. The lag is still bad. It never got any better. It's still as bad as, like, day one. Th- there are just some matches that are just unplayable because you're paying 
for Nintendo to do peer-to-peer -peer Switch connections. God help you if you're on Wi-Fi. <laughs> and that's like how most people play uh, Smash Brothers, like the majority of the world. Yeah, I, I hear you, Ethernet Kings. I, I get you. I feel you. But most yeah, people most don't people, have the Nintendo people, Ethernet most cable. Most people don't have the fucking dongle. And oh my gosh, you have to pay for a dongle just to have an Ethernet cable to your Switch! I, I feel like this did become the bitch on Nintendo Hour, but the, the chickens are coming home to roost, Nintendo! <laughs> the, the, the small little inconveniences are just have been piling up for years, and this is it. You see, the tragic thing is, is that we're like that one meme, where we're the guys yelling, who are like, No, you can't make your online system this bad, it'll make your, you're being so irresponsible with this system, you should know better. <laughs> and Nintendo's just like, ha, Animal Crossing machine, go burr. Yeah, and, and here we are, the and suckers that just made them. nothing we can do, so, yep. it's, uh, well, so, um, you we wanna, you wanna dunk on a different piece, video game company? All the time. Not all the so, time, not really, but sure, so why not? I, I, and, and maybe maybe you guys might think differently than this, but did you guys see the, the Forbes report a couple days ago about the PS5? No. Hmm. So, um, the basically, in the PS5 launch, um, Forbes was announcing that they talked to Sony, and Sony is looking to reduce the number of consoles available at launch for the ps5 so whereas the ps4 sold around 7.5 million units during its first quarters first two quarters um which was sold out and difficult to find they're right now of only expecting to produce five to six million units um for the end of the fiscal year uh, ending in march 21 2021 so basically from november to march or whenever they're only looking to have five to six million units so potentially one and a half to two and a half million fewer consoles um now they're saying part of that is been um struggles to keep the price down um so they're saying that because they're potentially looking at a 499 to 549 price tag that the higher price tag due to sourcing parts difficulties is going to depress the HD the, DVD player. Yeah, it, yeah. It base, yeah, basically is going to depress it's demand DVD enough player. that it's keeping their production low. <laughs> um, so I don't know what you think about that. Um, five hundred to five hundred and fifty dollars, uh, one and a half to two and a half million fewer units available in the first quarter or two. Like, uh, I mean, I guess like. You know what was the PS4? Did it launch at five hundred? It lost at five hundred. Yeah. Uh, I think five hundred. I, mean, I guess fair. like a fifty. Like I guess like five forty nine. I think is like pretty. The internet. I mean, the it, PS4 launched at three ninety nine. Did it? Oh, it launched yes. at three ninety nine. Oh, it was four hundred dollars. That's right. The Xbox was like six hundred, wasn't PS, it? The PS3 was four ninety nine. PS4 was three ninety nine. Are you okay. sure the PS3 wasn't six hundred dollars? It might have it been five, five. yeah five hundred ninety nine U S dollars five hundred nine yeah 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 he was so proud of that price yeah, I have I have that yeah, it's yeah Ridge Racer Ridge right. Racer I have that E three conference burned into my brain <laughs> it's so <laughs> cringy to go back to person. uh it's giant enemy crabs um attack its Wii point for massive damage 
Uh, oh, oh, that gets weak point for Mass. That one never dies. That will that never, never die. Dies. That's a meme. I mean, it, it's the timeless thing. It's like, Mike, how do we do this destiny rate? Oh, you attack the weak point for, for massive, massive damage. damage. <laughs> um, yeah, so like, I guess like five five forty nine is definitely kind of on the steep end, but it this thing is gonna have like I know memory has gotten a lot cheaper these days. It's gonna have like a what like a terabyte solid state drive, which oh, no. stock. So um. I, mean, I guess like I don't know, I mean, man. They're, I think that they're gonna have to do some. They'll have to do some work to like justify that. But uh, maybe this is just my brain being stupid. But I don't think that is like an astronomical number. I mean, I think that that's probably the. I would be really surprised if they go higher than that. Um, but I think they're definitely they would have their work cut out for them at 549 but i think i can see that as i feel like i you know that's that is a, a tough pitch to make but i think 549 is probably the highest they could go before yeah, that i would agree stupid. with i would agree with that the 549 is the, is the very highest and they can go i think that in certain aspects some of this new technology some of the really really fast memory like I think there's a world where that is a justifiable expense in terms of yeah. a console price, that, especially yeah. kind of given where computers, you know, mid to high range computers are like, I can see that what I'm more struggling with is the, the amount of units that'll be available. Like, and you know, obviously they're very smart and they have a lot of analysts that are looking at this and, you know, I, I guess making sure that you stick to your guns and have the fast memory and some of the part components for that dual sense controller, like you want to make sure that you have all the parts and whatnot, but having that few units available at launch, despite the first, you know, the predecessor being so hard to come by and having, you know, 25% more just seems like a bit of a misstep for the company that's kind of been in the lead, but well, I, I have something to add on to that, like, economically speaking, Josh. So, I think, and this is just me guessing, based on our current economic environment, like, let, let, let's not mince words Rapidly here. Rapidly approaching Great Depression level of unemployment. Right, sure. right. Like, there, what was it, 6 million, 6.2 million people lost their jobs, uh, I think it was two weeks ago, something like that was the number, or at least reported um that if you account for that plus the fact that if the console is actually 150 dollars more than its predecessor i think chopping off an extra 1.2 million units off the top that sounds fine to me because i personally it's not that i wouldn't have the means to buy a ps5 at launch but 550 dollars is a lot of change for a video game console like show me a game that will justify that price then I will buy it, but and not a second before then. And that's I, so I think that fair. that's probably like the big. I I mean, again, it's like we'll see. Like it's just that they're probably like I would say justifiably a little cautious about that, um, just because again, like the unemployment is at like thirteen percent, and based on a lot of projections, that number is not going to recover as soon as like America is reopened. So <laughs> I, I will say, time, so yes, I think you're right there. I doubt with the way that supply chains and ramping up for mass production work that those factors were seriously considered. Cause I'm imagining some of these decisions the were in place long before COVID. 
uh, at least in the planning process and okay how many of these components how many of these fast flash chips can we get how many of these sensors for the dual sense controller can we get by because i think it says here that they're expecting you know full uh mass production of the console to begin in like june so mm-hmm. I, I would imagine some of that decision was made before COVID. i mean it it may work out that COVID will help them kind of hit those targets but you know if you can go to a store and pick up a ps5 off the shelf in the first week or two we'll know that their cut was justified and if you can't yeah. get them two days after, then we'll know that eh, they might have yeah. undersold and I, it and a little I, bit. And I guess, like, you know, if it's – it kind of makes sense as part of, like, the larger sales pitch, I guess, if it is going – if they are going you – no, know, hypothetically, if, if – I guess it – essentially, I think it makes more sense if there is, like, a supply problem with a console that is $549 than one that is $400. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah, you're like, absolutely if right. If there is just going to be a a reason that that because of that pricing that is justified, that makes it harder for you know them to produce, uh, you know, and keep it at that price, then that means they might just take the hit on far as far as like having the supply of it, since it is going to be more a, a higher price. Yeah, that or Sony so just released. This, I feel like that. I know. feel like that makes sense. Or maybe Sony just released this just to kind of test the waters a little bit and see if if people would react poorly to that price point and where they could get away with. And then when they finally release it, they're like, "Oh, it's just three forty nine." I mean, that's preferable, honestly. Who knows? Uh, it'll be interesting to see. So okay, now hold on a sec. I, I do have a thing. If they announce <clears throat> the PS Five and one of their early launch titles is Bloodborne 2, day one purchase. Jobs are good. Bloodborne 2, 60 frames per second, continuation of the story from mm. before. Mm. I'm like, all right, here we go. <laughs> We're going deep. I'll, uh, <laughs> Moon Presence beckons once again. I'll continue on my, month, right? um, my recent trend of this last cycle of getting the next, the getting the P. I'll get the PS5 in six years when it goes on super sale with a bundled copy of Spider-Man 4. I mean, that's not the best. The PS4 I got recently, it was 250 bucks, and I'm really happy with that purchase. Yeah, I think I think I spent... I think it was $200. Like, I think it was holiday... Uh, okay, five years. I got it holiday 2018 with yeah. Spider-Man for like 200 bucks, and that was pretty good. Yeah, that, that's a very, very solid price. Obviously, the prices on these will come down. Do we feel like the Xbox Series X will be around that price as well? Because if there are two yes. companies competing for like, hey, our consoles are $550. It's like, oh, all right, cool. Well, and I think gonna... w- given the the graphic fidelity and the power that they're looking to have, because I think, you know, I think for Microsoft, they want to be able to claim that most powerful console title again this cycle. I don't know I, why. I mean, I imagine that their pricing will be in that. Plus, those those fast memory chips are expensive. Like, I think that's probably a lot of the cost. So, I would imagine that the Xbox Series X is gonna be in a yeah. similar price bracket. I think I, these these I, 
the the gap th- between these two consoles is getting sl- slimmer and slimmer. Yeah. And I think that the price is also going to be just the just that's, the same. That's what I was going to say. Is I have, I have a feeling that these consoles are going to be more identical than they ever have been before, in terms of like I mean, the PS4 and an Xbox One are pretty darn similar, but I have a feeling that these things are basically almost like kind of converging. Oh, hello, kitty. Hi, cat. Our cat Ripley is like playing under my desk now. Hi, Ripley. Ripley's hey, awesome. Baby. Josh, by the way, that reminds me. Watch the Alien movies. They're really good. I, know, I need to. Um, but I have a feeling that this is... Uh, I don't know how popular or what the subscriber count is of like Game Pass, but just as an offshoot from like the console itself, I have a feeling that, Mike, that uh, Microsoft is going to try to lean on that heavily because it seems to be a pretty... like. I think everyone who talks about Game Pass is like, oh yeah, I like Game Pass. Like it seems something that's pretty like has like positive reception. Yeah, I wouldn't. And be I think surprised. that they will use as like a differentiating and inflection point. Yeah, for like, I wouldn't Xbox be surprised good. if like Xbox Series X launched with like you buy the you buy the Series X in the launch window, and you get three months of Game Pass included. Like doing something like that to really get people hooked, oh, yeah. and also give them a bit more of like. You're going to get this, and you're going to, you know, with the backwards compatibility with Game Pass, like, you're going to have stuff to play on it right away. You're not just going to buy your one launch title and then put the console down for the next six months while you wait for the library to catch up. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Microsoft did something like that to help justify the purchase by saying, look, you're going to have a ton of content available right away from stuff that is boosted by Series X, stuff that has been made for it, stuff that is just fun to play on, like we're going to give you a lot of game and a lot of reason to pick our ecosystem this time over Sony. Also, I appreciate yeah. uh, one thing for the Xbox Series X. The best thing I appreciate about it is that Microsoft has just it, given them the pretense and it just looks like a PC tower. It looks I, like, it looks dope. It's just like a black <laughs> obelisk. It's like hell. It's like, okay, it's, it's just a computer tower. All right, this is where we're at. <laughs> I just want that cube. I just want that like tower from like 2001: A Space Odyssey. <laughs> just in my backyard. I'm like, what is that thing? Oh, it's my Xbox. So basically, you want the PS2 without the little PlayStation symbol on it, because that's what it uh, looked like. But made of obsidian and terrifying, and representing the man's desire to progress. What a great movie! All right, well, it's pretty good. We're getting all, we're getting sidetracked. On that note, yeah. Yeah. Um, where could people find us? Well, Michael. We're all over the internet. You can get us on Facebook at Unscripted Gaming. Just type us in the search bar, follow us there, give us a like, chat with us. You can get us on YouTube at Unscripted Gaming. Uh, you can get us in your earballs at SoundCloud.com slash Unscripted-Gaming. You can get us at Twitter.com at Unscripted underscore Gaming. You can get us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. Um, oh, by the way... You can also go to unscriptedgaming.com. Yes, you heard it right. website. Unscriptedgaming.com. Link out to all the places you can get us. Um, We're soon also going to be linking our writing there as well. Some of us do some blogging from time to time. Um, But for now, you can get all of our Creed Got Robbed. You can get our Postscripted. You can get everything we do in one capacity or another at unscriptedgaming.com. So, yeah, visit it. Go to it. Click it. Bookmark it. Send it to your friends. Do it. And we Do appreciate it. all the new listeners we've had recently. We love Hi. you all. So thank you. We love you all each individually, and we are all your friends. And as a collective. 
So, thank you for listening to Unscripted Gaming. My name is Josh. My name is Ray. My name is Mike. Peace.